0: So last week, we started talking about um, a community full of life. Um, And so here we are, week two of a community full of life. Last week, um, I talked about how a community full of life is one that is growing and changing. Um, We are growing and changing. It's a community where we are exploring the Bible and the things of God together. We're wrestling with the tough stuff, helping each other. And we do that with humility. Knowing that we could be wrong and in trusting God. Um, And it's also a place where we can be vulnerable because being vulnerable leads to the aforementioned growth, exploration, and humility. Um, I shared a story of mine and I encouraged you to share too because a community full of life is a place where we share our stories. So if we're going to have a community full of life, where we're growing, changing, exploring the Bible together from a place of humility and vulnerability, um, then it needs to be a place where we feel like safe to do that. And a key element to that is to be a community full of love. To be full of life, I think, is to be full of love. Love for God and love for each other. You know, Jesus' greatest commandment was to love God and love others, Matthew 22:37 says, "You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important: love your neighbor as yourself." It's funny that it's Love Your Neighbor Week. Um, love, sorry, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So John also John 13 34 to 35 says so now I am giving you a new commandment love each other just as I have loved you you should love each other your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples so what is love the Bible has plenty to say about it um, and I will I'll get to that I've got a lot of scriptures this morning but. This is kind of lame, but um, I just couldn't get over how much the movie Frozen actually teaches us about love. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) forgive me. (laughs) Well, when we've watched the movie, and we being my kids mainly, but obviously I've watched it too, um, and whenever we watch it, we also tend to then listen to the songs on repeat in the car for a while. Again, with the kids, obviously, well, has anyone ever driven for a long way and then realised they're listening to the kids' music and the kids are not in the car? done that a lot um sometimes like the frozen stuff I would go yeah that's I don't mind listening to, to this there's some songs that I'm like why am I still listening anyway so yeah. um there was one of the songs I was listening to and there were some words in it and it really resonated with me and it was something that I'd been learning about and I I wrote it down to maybe use one day and here I was writing this message talking about love um, and it just kept sort of coming up. I thought of that thing that I'd written down and I just kept thinking about Frozen and there's just so many things in there. It's one of its, like its main theme is is about true love um, and the, the other main theme in there is actually about fear and we'll get into that as well but um, as I started to think about the meaning behind various parts of the movie, I just I kept seeing more and more and more little nuggets of wisdom. So please forgive me as I continue referencing this movie, um, but this is some really good stuff and um, and it, it doesn't really have much to do with the song, Let It Go. But for those of you who haven't seen it, um, or even if you have, maybe you want a bit of a recap, I'll, I'll give you a really condensed version that sort of has the main bits that are relevant to what I'm talking about. I'm not going to sing it for you. (laughs) But basically there's two sisters, Elsa and Anna. And Elsa has these powers where she can sort of make snow and ice magically. Um, And when she's little, she accidentally gets a bit of ice in her sister Anna. She's okay, but their parents um, and Elsa become fearful. They hide Elsa away. um, They keep her away from Anna. They keep her away from everyone else. And they try... um, they just try to protect her and to protect everyone else. They tell her, conceal it, don't feel it. So years later, Elsa accidentally lets her powers show. She's upset, she's, she's stressed, she, she lets, lets them out and she runs away. And as, as she does that, she inadvertently leaves the whole town in deep snow. <laughs> Anna goes after her um, and in another interaction... Elsa gets Anna with a piece of ice again in her heart. So the people that Anna's with a cohort of others, they go off to see these trolls that, um, to, to for some help, as you do, um, <laughs> and they tell her, uh, they tell them that only an act of true love can thaw a frozen heart. So they think, okay, we've got to get. Anna back to to Hans, this guy that she's just f- fallen in love with and got engaged to the day that she met him. Makes sense. Um, so, So they get her to him and it turns out he didn't love her after all. So she's slowly freezing and dying. She says to Olaf, he's the little snowman that they're friends with, it sounds ridiculous that i <laughs> but like this, you, you, there's some good. This is good stuff. Um, so she she says to Olaf, um, I don't even know what love is, and he says, I do. It's putting someone else's needs before yours. A short time later, Hans, um, Anna's previously thought to be true love, is about to kill her sister Elsa, and Anna, although she's almost frozen, steps in front of Elsa to protect her to save her. Um, and Elsa is saved. The sword, Hans' sword breaks on her and, and, and then as Anna freezes, um, they were try, at the time they were trying to get Anna to, to this other guy, Christoph, who they realised did actually love Anna, but she chose in her last effort before she was about to freeze to save her sister instead of herself. So an act of true love thaws her frozen heart. They're all sad She's frozen, but then from her heart outward, she starts to thaw. And then Elsa realises that love is how she can take away all the snow and ice that's covering the town, considering that it was fear that caused her to create it in the first place. So I'm hoping that many of you can see where I'm going with this, um, but let's break it down and, and look at what the Bible says as well. So 1 John 4, verse 11 to 21 says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much... We surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and His love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent His Son to be the Saviour of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God... Have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid of the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear Because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this commandment. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. So loving each other is uh, with God's perfect love is what we're called to do as believers. It shows others who God is, it means love dwells among us, and it means we don't live in fear. I love that the message in this movie is that that there's, there's this fear that's causing Elsa to do things that hurts others or puts the whole town in a permanent winter, um, but that it's love that's the antidote, basically. Um, the love helps her control her powers not fear of what she might do with them that just makes it worse now i said i wasn't going to it wasn't about let it go but um it is actually relevant because when elsa sings the song let it go this is a the most famous song from the movie it's a big power ballad everybody loves it you know she sings let it go let it go you can't hold it back anymore but this song is not the message of the movie it might be everybody's favorite song but it's actually like it's, it's not at the end of the film. Not everything's happened yet. So she's been afraid. She's been trying to conceal her feelings, not feel anything in case she accidentally hurts someone, um, been told, don't let anyone see who you really are. And now she's run away. She's free. She's like, I can be who I really am. And the world would love that message. But if you actually look at the movie, um, that's not the message of the movie. We're not, we're not even halfway through yet at the point that she sings that. That's not the solution. The solution isn't just to let it go. Now, I don't disagree that there's some truth to, the, to, to this, that concealing who you are and holding on to your feelings is, is not a good idea. Um, but it's not the whole picture. Letting go just on its own doesn't work. She's, she's alone. She says um, to Anna, yes, I'm alone, but I'm alone and free. So the freedom is great and all, but we weren't made to be alone. That's why that's not the end of the movie. That and there's still snow everywhere that has to be fixed. But <laughs> but she's not. she's no longer holding it in. She's no longer living in fear, but there's still more work to be done. She needs to also discover the power of love and that loving each other and being together and not alone is a more important lesson. We all have fears, right? Some are Obvious ones that we know of, like maybe we're afraid of spiders, public speaking, heights. Often there's more subtle ones, deep-rooted ones that we don't even realize that can actually drive so much of what we do. I tell you what, fear can drive us so much as parents. You know, we begin to think things like, if we don't do something if I don't do something about this now, they'll grow up to be so disrespectful. And maybe we're not consciously thinking that, but subconsciously when things are happening, you know, that's what's going on. This fear inside of us. My kid will never grow up to be responsible. My kid's never going to get along with each other. You know, so I know I always give so many parenting examples. It's just my life right now. But um, for all of us, right, we, we fear what others think of us, or we fear a lack of control, we fear failure, we fear rejection. There's many others. They're probably the main ones for me, which is why I thought of them. Um, But the thing about fear, right, is that it can be a terrible motivator because it's often deceptive. We can use fear to try and motivate others to do what we want, you know, do this or else type of thing. And although it may get the result you want on the outside... It's not changing any hearts towards love and trust. And God wants our hearts. You know, think about the old turn or burn message that people used to say. You know, believe in Jesus or you'll go to hell. Or behave yourself in this way or that way or don't do that or you'll go to hell. That never changed any hearts for Jesus. Not really. Not truly. I know of people who had things said like that to them when they were growing up in in church or in their family that was that was religious and they're not following him now and they've said things that you, you kind of go, wow, I feel really bad that that's what you were told because that's not really the truth of it. That's, that's just a behave this way or you're bad. That's not the real message of Jesus. That's not the love and the hope that he brings. Remember before I said in 1 John 4, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we're afraid, it's for peer, fear peer of punishment fear of punishment, <laughs> and this shows that we've not fully experienced his perfect love. So fear had Elsa freezing her whole city and almost killing her sister. Um, and in Frozen 2, yes, there's a Frozen 2, um, <laughs> it's, it's not too bad. <laughs> um, Elsa delivers a great line in that as well. She says, fear is what can't be trusted. She's come a long way by then. She's learnt. Um, But fear can be deceptive in making us think, as I said before, that that, um, the fear is working to gain what we want, right? But deep down, it's not truly getting what we want when we use fear to to try and motivate. Um, And we don't want to be a community where we're all all afraid of each other. That's not a community of life. And we don't want to be afraid of God either. Fear can also be deceptive in that it makes us think that we need to be afraid of things when we don't really need to be afraid It can keep us from acting from a place of love. It can keep us from doing great things. It can keep us from simple things like new friendships, new experiences, because of a a what-if that might never happen. Now, don't get me wrong. Things like fear of the Lord, that's different. Um, There are certain instances where a healthy fear of a dangerous thing actually leads to wisdom. But that's not what I'm talking about today. So there's another song in this film called Fixer Upper which is where this whole eye-opening experience of the message of fear and love in this movie began for me. Because there's a line in the song that says, people make bad choices when they're, if they're mad or scared or stressed, but throw a little love their way and you'll bring out their best. True love brings out the best. Just think about that for a moment. It's actually a really powerful thing to remember about yourself, about your children, about other people you interact with. People make bad choices when they're mad or scared or stressed. This can actually be explained scientifically too. And I'm not an expert on this, but I'm going to give my best shot about trying to explain the brain science of this to you. So when you're stressed or feeling angry or afraid, there's this part of your brain called the amygdala. And it's activated... um, uh, That's activated when you you feel those things. And then your, your frontal lobe, your prefrontal cortex is deactivated Um, And that's the part of your brain that thinks logically, handles impulse control and reasoning things like that. So that's why it's very easy to make bad choices, poor choices, because you can't actually think logically and reasonably about it at that moment. Now, this is even more true for children because they're frontal lobe is barely even developed yet, Um, so they don't make logical choices anyway at the best of times, (laughs) so when they're in, um, when their amygdala's going, like, it's even less of a chance of that happening, Um, and that's why, you know, the the toddler years and the teenage years are some of the toughest, because that's when the most development happens in that part of the brain. yeah, there's a lot going on for them. <laughs> but even as adults with fully developed brains, right, we still have feelings. So these things set off the amygdala, trigger our fight or flight response, or also called fight, flight, freeze or fawn. Um, and we can make bad choices in that moment or we can process what's happening, breathe, acknowledge, whatever it is, and reactivate that part of the brain that can think logically and make choices um, in uh, ...logical choices instead of emotional ones. The amygdala, though, right, it can't differentiate between a real threat... um, ...like a lion chasing you and a perceived threat. So someone might have a very strong perceived threat... ...due to personal wiring, things that have happened to them... ...maybe trauma they've been through... ...and they're straight into fight or flight over something... ...that may not bother someone else at all. Um, And As adults, right, we're expected to easily be able to calm down... ...and make good choices... People expect that of children sometimes too, but that's actually basically impossible for them. Um, but yes, um, as adults, we should be able to do that. I agree. But sometimes we didn't learn how. Sometimes we're too overwhelmed by other things that are going on. We're having a hard day where maybe we're depressed, maybe we're anxious. There are so many reasons why we may not get it right. I don't really like the term using the term get it right, but for lack of a better way to say it, you know what I mean. So when you don't get it right, do you want judgment and condemnation from others, or do you want some love, some grace, maybe a bit of help? This is a I think this is a simplified way of putting it, but love can be the antidote to that fight or flight response. It's simplified because there are you know there are versions where it's a. There's a lot more going on and, you know, it's not just, oh, let me give you a hug and you're better. Like, <laughs> um, that sort of downplays some, some serious trauma that some people may be going through. But, um, but yeah. Um, yeah, throw a little love their way, as it says in the song, and you'll bring out their best. Now, it doesn't mean this is a way to fix others. We can't actually do that. And even though the song's called Fixer Upper, they do sort of acknowledge that you, you can't change someone, but to help someone and be there for them, they just need a little love. Again, scientifically, when someone's stressed, they're in fight or flight, to have someone really see them, understand what's happening for them, be there with them, actually brings calm a lot faster than saying it's no big deal, just calm down, right? (laughs) For me, I learned about this in relation to parenting, but it's also helped me to understand myself better and other people too. I have so much more compassion, empathy and able to act in love towards people when they stuff up because I know that just like for me, it came from a place of fear and they just need a little bit of love. So again, I ask the question, what is love? Well, 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 tells us, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Let's put that in the context of community, right? So I'm going to reword it and add some stuff in. A loving community is patient with each other when we stuff up or don't get it or haven't got it all together yet. And Like, when do we? But it's kind to each other when we make mistakes. It's not jealous of each other's triumphs but also not boastful and proud of our own individual ones. It's not rude because someone is different or thinks differently or doesn't understand things the same way as you. It doesn't demand that you all behave exactly the same way. It's not easily irritated by each other's faults and keeps no records of the wrongs done to each other, but forgives. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. A community of love never gives up on each other, never loses faith in Jesus, is always hopeful for the future that its people are bringing about together, and they endure together. Through every circumstance. The Greek word for love that's often used in the Bible, there are a few other words that are um, that are used, but the one that's used here that this, this verse is talking about and many of the others I've mentioned, is agape. And agape is a sacrificial love that voluntarily suffers inconvenience, discomfort and even death for the benefit of another without expecting anything in return. I think that probably almost anyone would agree that life is about love. To be full of life, we need to be full of love. A love that puts others' needs before our own. In Frozen, Anna says, I don't even know what love is. And Olaf says, that's okay, I do. Love is putting someone else's needs before yours. And then that's what Anna does. That's agape. That's the kind of love God has for us the kind of love he wants us to have for each other. The love that thaws her heart is an act of true love that she does to save her sister from being killed instead of moving in a way to save herself. But in turn, she does save herself. Philippians 2, 3-4 says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. So my frozen analogy ends there, but (laughs) um, I think it's a bit more, there's a little bit more to explore when we talk about this agape love that God calls us to, because I think that we can't really do any of this on our own, you know, not just like as individuals, but even on our own as a community, like without God. We can try. The growth, the humility, the vulnerability that I talked about last week, we can do that on our own, sure. We can even try to love on our own. But real love, agape love, is a fruit of the Spirit. It's the same word used in Galatians 522 to 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. So imagine if we brought the fruit of the Spirit into our daily interactions. Just this past week, I had a bad parenting day. It's kind of like a bad hair day, but with more yelling. Um, <laughs> maybe you yell when you have a bad hair day, I don't know. But it was one of those days, everything was just getting on my nerves. There's more to it than that, ladies would understand, but I'm not like, you don't, I don't need to go into that detail. Um, but... <laughs> I basically just, I could not handle my frustration levels. Everything that the kids, I was just like, oh, why are you like this? Stop doing that. You know, and after one such interaction, I stopped myself and I just lay down and I just breathed. And I began to pray, Holy Spirit, help me, (laughs) guide me. And I want to do more of that sort of thing you know not just when I've gotten frustrated at my kids but all day every day Holy Spirit help me guide me bear this kind of fruit let love become my default John 16 verse 7 in in the amplified version it tells us how the Holy Spirit is our comforter helper counsellor and more it says however I am telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable good excellent advantageous for you that I go away because if I do not go away, the comforter, counsellor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you in, into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. To be a community full of life, we need to be full of love. And to be truly loving, that agape, self-sacrificial love, we need the Holy Spirit a community where the Holy Spirit dwells in us, where he breathes life into us, helps us, comforts us, strengthens us, and helps us to do the same for others. That's the community that I want to be a part of. A community where people love and don't trust their fears, that loves one another when we make mistakes and, and let those fears rule us, the, the mistakes through letting those fears rule us. I don't know if... <laughs> That sounds that clear. But we love one another when that person makes mistakes because they let their fears rule themselves. 1 Peter 4, 8 to 11 says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Carefully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given a God has given each of you a gift from a great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies, then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. When we do love in community, we see a community of people whose response to another's sin is to love rather than judge or condemn, to come alongside people like Jesus did and support them, shed light on their situations, build them up and love them and help them grow, point them to him, to God. Now, it's not about covering it up and making it go away. God will still address our sin, but by forgiving each other, overlooking past hurts, building each other up when we fall, It's difficult for sin and resentment to flourish in a community that is so rich with Christ-like love. I just kept finding and remembering more and more great scriptures about loving each other, but I want to end with this one last one, Colossians 3, 12 to 17. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through God the Father. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Who's going to go out and watch Frozen now? Um, I agree with Kirsty. It's worth watching. <laughs> I will admit to have seen Frozen one and two several times. They, along with songs by Blippy and other people, have somehow found their way <clears throat> onto my Apple Music list. Do, have you, do you ever use that? It's got it's got Chris's station on there. It probably doesn't have Chris's station on your phone. Um, but and and I think well, it's clever enough to know the songs that I like and so I often play that and most of the time it gets it right but sometimes I, I'm i sitting there working and the, to, the, to the sounds of I'm an excavator um, or um, they're, they're heavily into 60s and 70s pop music now which doctor has come up quite a bit um, and if you don't know what that is look it up because I'm not singing that for you um and of course, uh, especially with uh, Kirsty's boys, ACDC is uh, Thunderstruck, I think is Eli's favourite song. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's good to get into the lives of kids, I think, for exactly the same reasons that Kirsty talked about how fear can affect our actions. Uh, because they're in touch with their amygdala. And sometimes I don't think we're in touch with ours. And it's good to actually see how young humans who are at the mercy of it still actually show so much love. I mean, this is the thing you discover about children is they have an infinite capacity to absorb the love that you give them and also to give out love without judgment. I always thought that uh, loved the saying that the best the best way that you can tell that your parenting is working is that if you reach out to a, a hand to a child in any way whatsoever they don't flinch because they know that that hand is a hand of love and uh, I think it's important for us to remember that that's, that's how God loves us he stretches out his hand he does it in the form of his Holy Spirit as, as Kirsty said but I think the, the most important scripture and one I want us to think on and perhaps act on this morning is the one she quoted in 1 John, 1 John 4 verse 15. It says, all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. And I think that is is the journey, that is the beginning of the journey that we take to be children of God. That is the starting point for being able to call ourselves Christians. We are in Christ. So I want to give an opportunity this morning just before we close. If you're a person who has never declared that Jesus is the Son of God, never felt that you have had God living in you, acknowledge that is to take that first step to actually become a child of God so can I ask everybody here just to bow their heads for a moment close their eyes and if you're here this morning you have never acknowledged Jesus as the son of God and as your savior you have never believed that God lives in you I want you to take a step to make that change this morning and we can pray together but I just want to know who you are if you're if you're that person or you're somebody here this morning and you'd like to make that choice to take that step while nobody else is looking around if you could just raise your hand so I could see it and we'll all pray together but I'll know that you are praying that to bring Jesus into your heart is there anybody here this morning who wants to pray that prayer awesome can we all stand Pray before we finish. Lord, bless us today. Bless us for the week ahead. Let us be people of a generous spirit. We ask that your Holy Spirit encourages us, inspires us to love our neighbor this week. Fill us with ideas to be uniquely different in our outlook, to be able to bless the people around us, to be a good neighbor in Jesus' name.